0: This is uh, Film Wax Radio, and it's coming to you from Scotland tonight, uh, uh, halfway between Edinburgh and Glasgow, from uh, Bill Forsyth, uh, the director of some very old Scottish films. Well, hey, everybody, this is Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. It is Thursday, February 6th, 2020. This is episode 597 of the podcast. We have two different segments with brand new films currently available on streaming platforms. Both films are rife with Filmwax friends. I didn't know the filmmakers really of either film until I did these you know, interviews. The Matthews Brothers, brand new, never met them before. But their film included uh, actress Caitlin Shield, Tone Tank, Joshua Leonard, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr., all of whom all of whom have been on the show. Pretty amazing. And then the other other film is called The Ghost Who Walks, and uh, that stars Frank Mosley and Alexia Rasmussen among its cast members, and those guys are friends and have been on the podcast. So as this show is very loyal, very loyal to its family of guests, I will always try to do what I can, promote, put on your radar the films that, that are out there. And both Lost Holiday, the first film, directed by Michael and Thomas Matthews, as well as The Ghost Who Walks, directed by Cody Stokes, in our second segment, are really worthwhile entertainments. Go to iTunes, well, I guess now it's Apple TV's app, and rent these movies, or you can buy them. You can go to uh, various other platforms where they're available. After you hear these conversations, you'll be interested in doing that, I'm pretty sure. We always see a spike after my podcast comes out we promoted a movie. You see a spike in the downloads, ticket sales. These are two fun conversations. I really enjoyed meeting everybody here. Again, let's see. We'll start here with the Matthews brothers, Michael and Thomas, with uh, their film. It's called Lost Holiday. It's a semi-autobiographical, late, quote-unquote, coming-of-age feature film and a torn little love letter to their hometown of Washington, D.C., Uh, With the overwhelming support of Kodak, Panavision, and their childhood community, the Matthews brothers shot the entire movie on Super 16mm in various neighborhoods inside the Capitol Beltway with Caitlin Scheel, who uh, people know from House of Cards, and maybe Kate plays Christine in many other films, William Jackson Harper, he's in Midsummer, and Thomas Matthews, co-director, co-writer on this film with his brother. They are in the lead roles. It is a broodingly dark comedy about two privileged but rudderless 30-year-old friends who stumble onto a crime befitting Trump-era D.C. over the holidays. Let's uh, get right into it now. This is uh, my conversation with Michael and Thomas Matthews. Thomas is in the room with us here at the studio. Michael was in Washington, D.C., but uh, called in. I think this is a great show. Here we go. Thomas and Michael Matthews, only on Film Wax Radio. Stick around afterwards for my conversation with Cody Stokes.
1: Where are we going? It's a coke surprise. House.
2: <laughs> so what are you kids getting into tonight?
3: We went to some old high school party.
2: How long are you in town for?
3: A whole week.
2: What are you going to do? Party. You got any coke?
0: Huh.
2: Amber Jones? I just did a movie up in BK. Who's the bride? nice, right? Do
1: another BOE crossfitting later. Amber Jones? The
3: sheriff's Department is asking anyone with any information about
0: her whereabouts. you gonna call the cops? We don't
3: need to call the cops if we can find her ourselves.
1: We're here about Amber Jones? That's just it. Duck down, he might see you. It's okay. I'm wearing a hat. Amber Jones?
0: Where did you get that?
1: Something tells
3: me
2: she ain't got a lot of friends. It
0: sounds dangerous. Destructively
1: irresponsible. <laughs> you know, just because he's engaged doesn't mean he can.
2: Gross. I'm actually a totally
3: different person. It's not
2: me anymore. Everyone can rest easy. We've got it all under <laughs> control. Hey, rich boy! Scatter! Go! I remember Michael
1: came back from watching Blair Witch in theaters. He was about... 14 oh my god and michael was, like, Terrified. yeah i mean he came he came 30. back and he, he was like visibly shaking and i came downstairs i was like oh yeah how old were you michael were you like 14 th- no i was older than that older Probably than that 16. You, you came yeah. home and then we were talking in the, the front hall of the house yeah i'm yeah, like you, you were visibly shaking like you were so upset by that movie
0: i was and my my then wife who's well she was my current wife then Mm-hmm. But she, she she, shrugged. But I went, grew up going like to summer camp up in the woods, mm-hmm. and I was always like kind of creeped out by being alone in the woods. And so watching that movie got into my, the, the one thing that creeps me out, and that is yeah. being so vulnerable in the woods and like dar- that. Yeah, and then, is that
1: the difference between horror and thriller, that you don't see the monster in horror? Yeah. Me, I heard that explanation yeah. two days ago. Oh. It, it, it sounded novel to me. I'd never heard it framed That's quite that way. It's
0: smart. Uh, so Jaws is horror. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, you wait,
1: wait uh, wouldn't it be the other way around? That thr- A thriller is where you don't see the monster? Uh, the thriller is where you don't see the monster?
3: That would make some sense, I guess. I mean... I don't know. Who told who told you that? I
1: heard some it liar. In, I heard it in an interview somewhere. Like, uh, some, uh, uh, Harrison Ford, he said that what lies beneath is a thriller rather than a horror because it's more cerebral. And that's how I've always thought of thrillers versus horror. But right. then somebody framed right. it that way, where it's more the things that you don't see, which are uh, uh, like Alien. Alien is more of a horror than a thriller. And because you don't really see the monster for like the majority of the movie, or the Jaws like that, like that too. Paul, oh. so, if you're listening, should Colin, should start recording. Uh, yeah, I think we just started recording.
0: It sounds pretty good, actually. So we can start. Great. We kind of did. I've been recording the last forty five minutes, but. <laughs> okay, so we have here in the Filmax Radio Studios, <laughs> Thomas Matthews. Hey. And we have via iPhone speaker in DC. Are you actually in DC uh, proper or uh, uh, Montgomery Mo- County? Montgomery. What is that? What what town are you it's in? It's
3: like it's the burbs. It's it's inside of the beltway, okay. but it's
1: um it's not DC proper.
0: What, what's the, what's the name? It's, DC it's
1: proper. It's like two blocks outside of the the oh, square that is DC. Right. County. I see. It's an arbitrary boundary.
0: I see. But it's uh but okay, very good. But you could walk to. The mall, or something, or is we can that walk no. to
1: our, our childhood theater, where the oh. the Avalon. It's where we grew up going. We're actually having like a
0: special event there next week. Um, oh, nice! That's always very special, right?
1: Yeah, it is for us. It was, it's called the uh, the Avalon. Yeah, it's a great name for a movie theater. Hmm. It's right? got like one of like the, the super high vaulted ceilings, and it's like oh, oh. We, we've been going there since we were a little kids. It's kid. like a so movie palace like type yeah. place. I see. Exactly. It's a non-profit, mm-hmm.
0: too. Oh, that's terrific! You know, I was just listening to uh, Michael Moore. I was mm-hmm. at his film festival this year. Mm-hmm. this past summer, and he has renovated uh, such a place, and it's a single movie theater. Oh, cool. And it's like they is renovated it, in, it completely. It was, it was closed. Is that in Michigan? Yeah, it's in Traverse City, Michigan, and cool. it's, uh, he lives there part of the time in yeah, New yeah. York City. So he did that one, and then he, he, they also fixed this other place. It was like a union hall, but they renovated mm-hmm. it, and they converted it into a movie theater, and that's called the Bijou. The Bijou. is that, Are they both 501c3, like uh, yes. non-profit theaters? Yes, yes. I believe so, unless I'm mistaken. But I believe it's great. Are. I mean, yeah, it yeah. seems
1: like there's been a, a lot of theaters like that opening like here too. Yeah. You know, it's either that or, or ones that uh, that like serve uh, drinks, uh, serve like booze. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the, the way that, right, that the theater other... is
0: surviving or cinema. Right. Yeah. I always go to the movie with booze anyway. So yeah, <laughs> that's not true. I don't do that myself. Remember
1: that? Um, it's now the Nighthawk over uh, in a uh, uh, part of uh, South Slope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they used to have all these like lazy boys and at midnight showings you'd hear all these 40s opening at the exact same time
0: oh yeah right the whole tab around the,
1: around, the, around the theater
0: oh is that true? In the yeah, what was would, pavilion go, when it was the pavilion when it was the pavilion? Yeah, oh. go
1: see. I'd go see movies there, like Guardians of the Galaxy, like a like, a, like yeah. a almost like a bootleg copy of it after it's been out for a yeah. couple of months, and then you'd hear going out around the theater as the as the previews end.
0: Well, they've obviously <laughs> gutted it and redone it. I haven't yeah, been there yet, me neither. But I I, I happen to know that uh, back in the day when it was a p- the pavilion that they had uh, bed bugs. That no. was yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's as I said, not anymore. They pulled out all the stuff, but that, I know for a fact that that's one of the. Oh no! Was probably one of the last straws for that theater.
1: Oh man, I love I love that theater. I, I, I cried. So, I I, hmm. I saw. I think the last thing I saw there was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on a date, hmm. and I cried so hard at the end. It was so embarrassing.
0: It is a little bit embarrassing. It, um, it,
1: it, it went well though. It helped. It helped the day. Oh, and it, it's sensitive. on my sensitive side, right?
4: <laughs> Wait, what did your date say?
1: Uh,
0: she just kind of like, she, she, she... After she pre- stopped
1: laughing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she pretended to ignore it.
1: <laughs> it's a really sweet movie. Yeah. The I saw it is. with my son. Oh, yeah. I saw it with a man. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you guys made a film, since we're talking about film, it turns yeah. out, right? And mm-hmm. it's called Lost Holiday. And uh, it takes place a days leading up to New Year. Yeah. A New, New York... Yeah, like like, a... But nobody... It's not really... Even though it's called Lost Holiday, it's not... Really about the holidays.
1: I mean, it's kind of about that you think that, it is? That, that limbo I mean, in between Christmas and New Year's, where I think time kind of stands still. It does. So I think it's there's something unique about it because yeah. it's almost like everybody's kind of stuck in place because they they're, they're at home, you know, yeah. but it's even it's not really their home anymore, and um, and they're hyper aware of their lives passing by. Uh-huh. I mean, I am personally, but it's like it's like the, you lose track of time yeah. in, in, in those like five days. Yeah, and so it's like. Um, it's a chance to kind of take stock of things and kind of have a, a mini little panic attack, but all, but at the same time you, you kind of regress mm-hmm. to like uh, to to, the, to being a teenager again,
0: right? Well, the, what's the, I mean t- that's what
1: the, uh, the, 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 that's what I, I was thinking with, uh, with with the movie, but right. Um, so
0: what are your what were your uh, what did you co- did it remind me of yeah. your roles in the film or behind the scenes? Yeah, um, like
1: Michael who'd... and I, uh, we wrote it together okay, uh, we directed it together, but we started it as a, as an original project quite a few years ago mm-hmm. about a bunch of uh, college students who uh, kind of go, uh, have this genre form around them mm-hmm. where the, where it's uh, kind of a home for the holidays thing, but then right. it does, uh, the, we wanted to have a genre transition where suddenly yeah. you really don't know what's going to happen next.
0: Right, and, it is a mystery. Yeah, it becomes a mystery.
1: Yeah. And, um... And then we revisited it a couple years ago, because we thought it might be a little bit the stakes might be a little higher if they're actually in their thirties, and they still actually haven't really changed much since they were teenagers.
0: right. let's say that Caitlin Scheel, yeah, a friend of this podcast like, <laughs> <laughs> is now everybody related to the film practically is in it plays what's what's her name? She plays Margaret Margaret, yeah right, of course, and then both of you brothers play. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was I was in yeah. front of the camera. I played a I small.
1: Know. I played her her uh, sidekick. Her, right. Uh, her her her, yes. her best friend. Right. And Michael. Well, it, it seemed. The
0: and you have an interesting chemistry because you kind of come. It comes off like that. You, Henry and and and, and Margaret. Margaret, that that you guys have <laughs> <laughs> this still. <laughs> <What? laughs> you guys have this uh, dynamic, if you will. That that's sort of feels like college days it does feel like you're stepped out of a yeah
1: i mean these people are like they're, uh, they're not like young adults they're they're incredibly old children right so they still have this kind of dynamic from when they were children yeah and they, still they still they, they drink too much and they're completely irresponsible and right they still kind of feel like like something is owed to them like some kind of happiness or satisfaction out of life is is yet to be handed to them and it hasn't yet so they're still kind of just waiting you know yeah um, uh, but Mar- uh, Kate, uh, we we hadn't met Kate until a couple of days before we uh, uh, before we uh, we shot. We um uh, we, we we brought her on because um, we had a, our our casting director recommended her, and we I we see. were both such huge fans of her. We didn't know we didn't think that she would be willing to come down to D.C. for this weird little project. And then when she uh, when she said she wanted to meet, where I'm like, we were overjoyed. We 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 uh, of course like seen her movies like Sun Don't Shine or yeah. um, Silver Bullets, which I think is an awesome movie. Right, Joe uh, Swanberg's. Yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then uh, so she came. She offered to come down a couple of days early to try dry, drive around in this shitty old 1992 VW Cabriolet that is kind of a, a almost like a character in the movie that they're constantly yes. driving around in. Right. And uh, we just kind of. Uh, worked through the script together to try to find this dynamic so that it feels like they've known each other since they were little kids. Mm-hmm. Well, in actuality, we, like, we, ju- we just met, but Kate's like a good friend. No, right? yeah,
0: it's, uh, you guys created, I'm just shocking to know that you just uh, met just 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I have, well, it wasn't 48
3: hours, it was, okay. you, you guys, had, it was about a week of rehearsals, and then yeah. uh, Thomas had oh. coffee with her. Two days before you month,
0: started, month, month month before we started shooting,
1: started. yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we met at uh, Cafe Reggio, like, right, um, this a couple a, weeks oh, before we started
0: yeah. I see It's interesting I was like Wow, she's matured. I mean, I don't mean physics. She looks exactly like she did <laughs> uh, 10, 12 years ago When I first remember seeing her The first time was in a movie called Green I haven't seen that Oh, you should see it She's really good in it It's really about female paranoia that Michael, it, uh, have you seen Green? Sophia de No, one. I have not That was um, Sophia Do you know Sophia de I, uh,
1: I know of her I don't know okay, yeah. personally know It was her,
0: her feature I, Maybe Maybe her first Mm. They did Gabby on the roof in July before, and then they did. Uh, she did this one. Uh, to Sophia, did that, and that's. And she. It's basically Sophia and her her real partner, Lawrence Michael Levine, and mm-hmm. and uh, Caitlin. They play the three characters. It's just pretty much the three of them in the whole movie. And there's a lot of paranoia. And so, is it like a thriller? It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, okay. it's psycho. It gets very psychological. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's it's got a real strong center to it, you know. Okay. Yeah, but since then she's always been, you know, on my right on my radar, Caitlin. And so you you're in it. Caitlin is in it. And then there's a bunch of uh, supporting ca- uh, character actors that are very familiar for, yeah, the, you know, the indie film world. You know, of course, Keith Paulson is in it. Mm-hmm. Keith, he's great. He, 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 he also was last uh, minute. Kate recommended him.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. We, that makes we, sense. we we brought him on in the middle of the project. Um, but it's kind of like my favorite role. Uh, somebody somebody at a festival a couple weeks ago said, "Can we can you just do a sequel about this guy?" It's mm-hmm. uh he, he plays uh, Sammer uh, or Sam, uh, who's, uh, who's one of the friends who hasn't really made it out of this made it out of uh, home yet. He's still living in his basement, and he's. I, still, he's, I think every one of the characters is some different degree of lost or stuck or both, mm-hmm. and uh, his is a great deal more visible than uh, than 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 other characters. And then quickly, who else? Who's uh, William Jackson Harper? Right. Plays uh, plays Kate's uh, ex boyfriend. Oh, right, right. Uh, a Kind of on and off again, where I think they have that. They're also in kind of a, a no man's land because they never actually really broke up, so there's no real closure. Mm. So, uh, so there's always kind of, whenever they're in town together, there's, there's, it's kind of ambiguous, their right. relationship. Yeah. And then uh, Josh Leonard, and who Mr. Was, Leonard. And was great. And uh, J, uh, Jay Bolger. Jay Bolger. Who you've had who, on the
0: show. Well,. Yes, I I was uh, I saw his uh, film about Ginger Baker. Yeah, the documentary at South by Southwest many years back, and then he did the podcast for that. And then I also had on uh, Newly Weeds <laughs> director Tone, yeah. and then I had on Tone Tank with Shaka oh, on. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And 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 uh, the actress who's in it. Uh, I'm blanking for a moment, but Trey Harris, Michael. Michael okay, pro- show off. Thank you. Michael produced newlyweeds. Oh, yeah, you I, produced I, it. Yeah. I produced that. Yeah. Oh, that's that's remarkable. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't realize that, but that makes it was a labor.
3: It was a labor of love. It was uh,
0: it's it a good it was good i remember it came to bam cinema fest i remember yeah and, yeah
3: that was that was wonderful yeah that one that was interesting so we we wrote the first draft of lost holiday the movie thomas and i made together and that he stars them. we wrote the first draft around the same time that shaka wrote his draft of um newlyweds because oh, wow. we we're in the same writing class mm-hmm. um and i had uh worked on a movie in dc that then it's like weirdly enough Made money in like Bulgaria and random places like that through TV. Below the beltway the producer on that called me and so, was like, "I need a project yeah. fast," and Shaka's script was like just ready to go. So I said, "You know, you got this is like a dream project. It's like funny, Brooklyn, pot, really smart, you know, characters." Um, so that came together really quickly. I think we were, I think that was like a, it was two years basically. I was mm. attached maybe even less than than that. Um, whereas this one went through many reiterations and it um, mm-hmm. was sort of funny that we kind of started <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. it's like the tortoise and the hare but the hare actually beat us
1: so yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the, the the movie uh, Lost Holiday really picked up steam when all these uh, grants came together at the same time oh, really? we got uh, a grant from uh, Kodak Film and oh, uh, yeah. the Panavision New Filmmakers grant And did uh, that
0: mean you, had a sh- did you, sh- you didn't shoot with film though. yeah Super 16 so you did Yeah. oh that's amazing so what was that like oh, we had like Want a couple takes? I mean,
1: we uh, so each setup we had yeah, like two takes, super. and there's a lot of stunts in the movie. There's a lot of like w- right. weird like. There's the
0: scene where you're. Uh, you jump into the car. Yeah, there's a lot of like. You do the star ski jump over the hood. I try to. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: No, but there's also a lot of like. There's some gun stuff and there's there's some actual stunts and there's there's a lot of like screwball humor, like uh, slapstick yeah. stuff. That's right. And so for those we got like three, four takes, but uh, for the mo- uh, majority, but we uh, we were, we were moving pretty fast too. Mm-hmm. We were shooting on a 15 day schedule, mm-hmm. and uh, so. It was probably beneficial. If we shot on digital, we would have uh, been crippled by choice and ha- would have had eight, nine takes, and we would have been behind schedule. We wouldn't have been able to get everything that we did. Uh, how far are you guys? Far, uh... Michael's my big brother. Okay. He's uh, he's three years older. Right, Michael? What? You,
0: you don't, you... Three and a half. Three and a half. I, my sister's three and a half years older. Silence. Okay. So <laughs> the <laughs> Although we're all going to ask, are you guys identical twins? Yeah, we are. I'm asked that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so um, I, I wonder how you guys, you, you, how you came on this traje- trajectory. Okay, wait. Let me take a step backwards. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to say first of all, we've been talking about your film Lost Holiday, and it is a, it is sort of a, a pastiche genre type of mystery film. You know, like a who whodun- not a who done it, but mm-hmm. one of those, definitely um, missing girl, these missing ones. girl. Yeah, yeah, which, which are, which are is always fun. And so, you know, so the, uh, we can talk about some of the maybe the inspirations. But uh, before that, I was kind of wondering how you guys end up deciding to collaborate. I mean, if you both realized at a young age you wanted to be film- filmmakers, you were pretty close. And so it makes sense that you might want to help each other out and get get involved. And it's maybe easier for two to do a project than one.
1: Well, it was originally Michael's idea to make this uh, for this this, this story uh, mm-hmm. based on the people that we grew up on grew up with. I see. Um, and uh, and then we kind of started bouncing back and forth this story and, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 fleshing it out. And then at one point a couple of years ago, Michael said, "I'm not sure. I, I, I if, w- was questioning if we should actually work together because because well, we, we've cause... We, we, we've worked together a couple of times before and we nearly okay. killed each other." Oh, really. Yeah, and uh, Michael uh, Michael said, uh, "Should we maybe, for the sake of our friendship, should we oh, not not do this?" And wow, Michael, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah.
3: No, he... <laughs> I'll have my own version in a second. But go ahead. <laughs> Ooh, looking, forward. Um, looking forward
1: to it. Yeah, and uh, we we made a little short film, uh, a version of it, yes. but, uh, as uh, as a way of uh, of of, of uh, kind of a. To, something to show to show to investors. Something to show uh, to to try to find the aesthetic, and we we we, we, sense. we shot it in a day, and uh, we covered like a lot of pages in a couple of mm-hmm. hours. And we nearly killed each other over the um over the edit for it, and uh, but eventually we found that we had Michael and I had more in common than we didn't. Like when we'd show okay. it to a third a third party, we'd realize that this per- that we were, we were, we actually had a great deal in common. Because uh, we'd been gr- growing up with all the same movies. We'd uh, we'd like, yeah. oh, you can only rent so many VHS tapes from Potomac Video in D.C. And so uh,
0: we... That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that? Were, were those, some of those, were you into... The... I mean, I understand like the movies you guys grew up in with in the 90s, I guess. Yeah, but also not, um, our parents uh, reflect...
1: uh, were super into uh, older films. like uh, Like Frank Capra or like uh, the Ham uh, the Name- Thin Man movies. hate to break
0: it to you. What's that? Oh, Frank Capra named names. It's name Capra. Hollywood. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know yeah. we didn't. So we didn't, just, per, we didn't personally interact with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and then he didn't. I'm sure. I'm just letting you know. Um, <laughs> we, so they were into the old Hollywood. Yeah. Thing. So uh, they introduced to you guys the screwball comedies, perhaps.
1: Yeah, yeah, like uh, movies like uh, what? Uh, His Girl Friday. Or, I was thinking
0: Howard Hawks films and mm-hmm. or um, and Preston Sturges yeah. or um, George Cooker. and. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and then I think we kind of later discovered some of the kind of classic B movies like um mm-hmm. Scarlet Street with Edward G. Robinson. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> kind yeah. of a kind of a cynical, you know, point of
0: view. Yeah. there too? Yeah, see. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get Grappy, to kiss me deadly until a little later. <laughs> so then it sounds like you guys really at some point really immerse yourself in, in are you guys really like have you really watched a lot of film and obsessively or or is it
1: i mean i I don't, I don't as much as i used to i mean for there was a brief amount of time when sure. netflix was doing the the dvd uh uh rentals oh they instead stopped. They, yeah uh, Cause it, i was, was doing that too because it became outdated for the because it's so much easier to do the streaming well yeah. but as a result it would be like be feeling yeah. on, uh, on the criterion collection where right. you actually kind of assign yourself these dvds and you don't have any other options so like when, when you get it in the mail you you're you not right. you're not watching something based on your mood in that moment which if I was always, I just watch episodes of The Office all the time. Uh, yeah, right. But for a, a large part part of my twenties, uh, it was uh, it, 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 I'd be getting three DVDs that I, I felt like a couple weeks beforehand I should finally see this. I've heard so much about it.
0: Yeah. Were you? Were did you go to NYU? I did. I went for, 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 uh, for theater. Uh, oh, Michael. For theater. Michael went for film. Undergraduate
1: theater. Yes. Okay.
0: So oh oh, and he went, and so he would have been just leaving when you arrived? No, um I was just uh Michael, what was the timeline for that? Cuz I did
3: I did I did uh, NYU for grad school. Oh, so I, see. For the, I we, see. we we did about a year overlap. Yeah. The first semester we were um, sharing a studio actually with two other guys. Thomas and I shared a bed. It was 250 and, um, square feet. Wow. And then we found a place in Greenpoint where we could get our own, you know, space.
0: Right. Um,
1: own beds, yeah.
0: Own beds. beds,
3: not
1: necessarily sa- different rooms, but yeah. close enough.
0: I understood it was a big leap forward for you guys <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but um sorry back to how we started c- collaborating um, we we just found that we had a we, we had a lot uh, we had a very similar shorthand i think that's why there's so many uh siblings who 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 make movies also when it's uh, when it's a mm. super super At small film
0: Darden's. i was going to say they they also shared a bed oh, yeah. for a <laughs> period of time in their <laughs> 20s so don't feel bad <laughs> <laughs> and, um, no, there's a great. It's true. There's a lot of brothers. Yeah, and like I the Sati
1: brothers and sisters. Yeah, and I think sisters. Yeah, the um, the, the Wachowski. Si- well, they're sisters. Well, now. that's true. Yeah. Um, now, they, now they are.
0: Yeah, the I think well, it's the Efron sisters. Hmm. <laughs> oh, but did they collaborate? I guess yeah, maybe the one on yeah, script and directing. Together. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good, I mean, the personally, thank you. That was great. Uh, hey, you just pulled that out.
1: It helped me uh f- f- cuz with uh when when you're when it's on a, such a small project and there's like the, it's, a, it's a, such a, a, a small crew that uh it, it's it's really helpful to have two people who are like kind of like getting, totally. getting each other's backs right so because if somebody wants to move on and right. like you haven't really gotten the shot that you need yet it's really helpful to have two people yeah. saying that we well, need this shot this right is very them.
0: helpful for me because when I do bring on the safeties I'll have all the right questions <laughs> I'm joking around mm-hmm. I you know I just as a sidebar I actually hosted film Wax hosted uh the dvd release party for daddy Longlegs at a, a bar in the east village which bar mm-hmm. i don't remember anymore it's i'm not sure but it was that we we i hosted it i offered to do this i i i mm-hmm. said you know and we saw i did it with the distributors was we sold some dvds but you know, it was like the it was like uh, a low budge movie blew up and <laughs> mm-hmm. it was like all the detritus was there like everybody came to that party they were oh, that's so because so, cool. back then they were hugely popular. Still, I mean, God even damn, going so that far back, they've just always had this incredible, you know, in the center of this all this uh, energy around, you know. The I don't mean to get um, sidetracked here because you guys, what about are Benny the, and the, about uh, Saffy. Well, workers? I'm just saying. Like I, 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 my point is, where are they now? <laughs> I mean, they're making big. T- they're making obviously cent- entering into a new phase in their career. But I mean, I mean, they've been whereas, they've been, they've been they charismatic in and... my podcast. Oh. Have like, they asked, they, Have they? You know, <laughs> they're not answering. I just saw Cut Gems. I loved it. It was really good.
1: But, I was uh, so impressed with the
0: forward momentum it had. It yeah. was like
1: it was like but, gambling or something. It was. I was like my heart was beating
0: out of my oh, chest. Oh sure, sure. Like but the this is kind of drugs you can get. But this is great because you guys are also experimenting and pushing a genre in a way. I well, think you know into the indie world, which is always nice because not there's anything wrong with slice of life. It's you know, in it, but you know. It's fun to see a comedy. It's fun to see an act, like action comedy in this kind of vein. As well. Yeah. Well, so, we wanted isn't... to
1: start in some a place that was like super hyper realistic. Uh, that that, that mm-hmm. was kind of about the painful ban- banality of just uh, of just uh, bourgeois existence. That uh, right. that these that that it's almost a relief as soon as these when these characters kind of create this genre around them as a way of avoiding their own lives. Yeah. And uh, and and so we were hoping that we could do the genre shift as a way of of uh, both not. Keeping uh, the uh, uh, making everything that happens a surprise that you really don't know what's going to happen next, Mm -hmm. but also kind of wanting the people to engage in this incredibly self-destructive, irresponsible behavior because it's like a it's a relief when they start kind of creating this, uh, uh, fabricating this this uh, this kind of drama around them, Mm -hmm. and I I love those kinds of movies that uh, where 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 the genre kind of comes out of the comes out of the world organically, Mm -hmm. like I think um, like there's been some what was it, a movie that did this? Um, body Heat. Mm-hmm. It's all, it, where where it's it, where it starts in this world of reality, and then some like some of the language starts becoming more and more heightened, you know, and and that's when well, the, the music starts soaring and
0: right. Well, that was a noir.
1: Yeah, it was. Oh, neo
0: noir, if you will, I guess. Right. Yeah. It, so they were trying to. It was, it was kind of like Double Indemnity remade, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was. speaking yeah. of Edward D. Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, spot, I guess. What? <laughs> do you have something to say there, Michael? are you going to say Michael, something?
1: Am I, Michael, am I talking over you?
3: No, no, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good point. I guess um, I, I do remember the first time seeing Body being a Cheers fan and being like, why is Ted dancing in this movie? <laughs> it just does, does sort All of right. take yes. you out a I little forgot before about it that. brings you back in.
0: Yeah, I only remember the chair through the, the uh, French oh, doors. Such a
1: sexy scene. Yeah.
0: I swear to God this happened. I was at uh, the Delacorte... Mm-hmm. is that the one that's outside is that the, in the delacorte and where they in do shakespeare park? in the park yes yeah. so i was there and it was opening night for some play and, and um uh kath i was with some an a now deceased older actress and uh not as a couple i mean i was a, uh, her plus one i guess cool anyway so i was and katherine uh katherine turner kathleen turner kathleen turner thank you kathleen turner I redo it so I can edit that part out. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner walks over <laughs> or to, and says hi to my friend. And oh, then hi. I'm introduced. Yeah, oh lower than oh, that. Hello. Much lower. You, your voice can't I, go down. This is as low as I get. Yeah. No, she her <laughs> voice went even lower. Uh but she was very sweet, very friendly. Yeah. And I talked to her alone for about five minutes, maybe a little longer than that. And I swear to God, standing in the background, I noticed looking past her. William Hurt comes is no. shows up. They had this was not planned out. They did not know they were going to run into a, in front of me. Was Kathleen Turner and William Hurt reunited? Yeah. Oh man. And they were they gave each other a big hug and you know it was oh, I, so cool. I, know, I just I I guess I don't know if iPhones were quite so ubiquitous oh you wouldn't want no, to be that guy who slowly starts well bringing i would the have done oh come on i would have figured it out <laughs> i did do that only once other time i was in the same theater with uh, mike nichols and elaine may and oh I cool took a pic- i was like surreptitiously i had to because I was. Like, do you go oh, to shakespeare in the park a lot no okay no i don't but i i happen to be at this thing that's cool and oh well yeah wow that was pretty remarkable i think it was uh, just a coincidence that they both happen to be going to the same show.
1: Our um, One of our actors is
0: Media mendes She'd,
1: she'd yeah. just come off uh, three... She'd been doing Shakespeare in the Park every year for, I think, like two and a half year, two is years, two years. Right? Yeah, she right? She, yeah, I think she was a hero in Much Ado About Nothing. Okay. And then she was doing um, something at CSC, a classic stage company. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, uh and she was in one other one. This is
0: now play. This is the woman who, plays the, who the, plays the kidnapped or yeah, missing the missing girl. It's, it's somebody who's, inter, who's introduced to the
1: the movie as, right. as somebody who's in a sex video. Right,
0: right, and has a recording contract. Yeah, yeah. So she's kind With of the MacGuffin of the movie. The, the per, MacGuffin.
1: So the, the, the 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 person that this yeah. these these kind of morally reprehensible characters latch onto as a way of of of, of taking kind of the blame off of themselves in terms of their
0: completely irresponsible existences. <laughs> <laughs> um now uh, so did you guys you went through the cir- uh, the f- festival circuit. Yeah, right? Where where did it where did it screen? Where did, uh, Lost Holidays. We
3: premiered at Slamdance oh, and then beautiful. we played at mm-hmm. uh, the festival. Rotterdam Festival, wow. National Festival the IFFR, and yeah. Yeah. then Terrific. from there went to um Maryland, Chattanooga
0: Oh, I should have seen uh, it in Maryland. A, a I cool love Maryland It's Such Method a good festival Fest. too
3: dedicated to method acting uh-huh. in L.A. Okay, right. I've and heard of it. it. Yeah. And then it played around uh, continental Europe quite a bit. Wow. And that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I think, it,
1: they, was I think nice they liked the of, pacing. You know,
3: going to our Q&A and hearing people, you know, in their mm-hmm. heavily accented English, saying that they understood the movie and related to it. Because we, 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 we didn't intend it to be a provincial film, but we that was sort of our fear that certain things would be lost right. in
1: translation. absolutely. But, uh, even with uh, the subtitles. And, uh, somebody mm-hmm. said the, 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 the fun, the greatest question I'd never heard it before, uh, two weeks ago in Pontevedra somebody said, uh, I was, it was a translator and somebody said, uh, why do you use comedy? And like, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I just never thought about the, because uh, I mean, well, I wouldn't really call it a comedy, but a lot of people have said like this movie is not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a very funny movie. I mean, has goofy moments, and then uh, th- this person said, "Why do you use any comedy? It's well, supposed they're... to be a serious. It, sh- it should be more serious. This is about well, the death the of broad... childhood."
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, there's a broadness to the physical, like we're saying, the stunts that are in it, the uh, the, the the child. Yeah, like you're saying, yeah. there 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 are moments where they are t- behaving childishly, absolutely together, and that's why I thought Her it was such a refreshing Kate question. Kate is very deadpan in a way. She's, she, you know, but she's always has. She's hard to read. Uh, you know, yeah. but she's so compelling and she looks fantastic in this film, I, I might add. I mean, she always Thank looks you. great. Yeah, but I, know, I know. I think she looks particularly... I think you guys, you know, or she's just...
1: She just looks great on camera. She, uh, I, I don't think... Really, I don't know if we can take any, yeah, uh, any, any right. uh, uh, blame on that. Um yeah, but uh, it, was, it was it was it was as Michael was saying, it was just like a refreshing way of looking at it. We'd never thought because we we on some level we knew we were using it as a device to like mm-hmm. to show that there for it to actually be a moment of relief when these people start acting in a way that no citizen should be acting, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it's 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 been. Really, really nice seeing seeing this different perspective that, that 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 a lot of people at these festivals in Europe uh, with which
0: they enter a movie. I bet, I bet. Oh, it's great! It sounds like it had a really great So it's available now on some platforms, so like streaming yeah. platforms, so you can get it, watch it on obviously on iTunes mm-hmm.
1: and on uh, Amazon Prime and on and Prime. Uh, I think it's on. Uh, there's a YouTube thing and a Vimeo thing, but it's uh, I, it's
0: pretty much like a YouTube, like one of the their portal, uh, pay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Well, Slam Dance is terrific.
1: Oh, they're great. Yeah, yeah Dan. I like um, they, Dan I mean, they they, they especially like um, uh, uh, subversive movies, movies that like kind of like challenge what the right. what 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 the expect expectations that you have as an audience member. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, I think it's really really refreshing. And they're also like a great little community too, because they're all filmmakers. They're all they're, yeah, they're all right. guys. That's right. It's like four filmmakers by filmmakers, and I, I, I thought it was it, it was super super nice. Mm-hmm. And then Michael and I we went straight from there to to Rotterdam, which is the like the the, the kind of. Dispensation that these festivals have in Europe for for film festivals is just uh, is, they is take staggering. Really good care. Of yeah, they right. do, and so like they 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 actually kind of. Put you up in, a, in like a hotel and like they like and and wow. they uh, they have really really nice cinemas too. Mm-hmm.
3: Our first, you know, we, our, our second day in Rotterdam, we, we felt kind of like iced tea and surviving the gang. <laughs> <laughs> we were, the to take takes out the woods and shoot us.
1: Like it seemed, it seemed like we were fatted calves. Like they're, like we were being primed for something horrible about oh. that. because because we would we come off sense. an exhausting year, a year yeah, of like right. getting the uh, and uh, with with uh, with such like a, uh, a low budget movie, it's going to be very very thankless and also uh, like begging people to like. Give, do things for 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 minimum wage, and right. and then and then finally, like forcing the movie into going to Park City where it's all very very competitive, and getting people to show up. And then we get to this place where everybody's like celebrating the directors, and it was like, yeah, and, and then you're it, looking behind you, like, like something are, horrible is about to happen <laughs> right now, <laughs> or
0: yeah, you're just like get out or something. Suspect <laughs> about this attention you're getting, and it's like you're looking behind you. Where are they? Where are they? Like we're about to be hunted for sport, you're going to be found out. Or, or Are <laughs> these good-looking people going to eat us?
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's how they, that's how the, all these uh, these uh, Dutch look so great because they cause they cannibalize us.
0: <laughs> well, I was, I was grateful to. Uh, I don't know how. I don't even remember exactly how I came upon the film, but maybe uh, through social media or something, it oh. was brought to my attention. Well, I'm glad you. Did, I'm pretty man. sure I was there at, at at least. I go to Maryland every year because I have family in Baltimore. Yeah, and I always have a place to stay, and I get to see my family, and it's a good and, festival. And I enjoy it's a lot the of festi- really cool festivals. Yeah, yeah, and I, you can, it's like one of those festivals. I'm pretty sure Slam Dance and Rotterdam; these are all festivals where you can kind of just arbitrarily choose things that work with your schedule, and you'll be happy. Oh yeah, there's no there's, there's, there's no weak about, links there. It's all yeah, great. The, you're going to see a dud. There's just a there's a they,
1: great short fest. There's a short series that they do of um of Marilyn. At Maryland, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh, where it's all kind of like gross-out short, uh, um, oh, yeah. a fleshy humor. Mm-hmm. What is it called? WTF? I think it might be. Mm-hmm. It's not WTF. It's something. It, 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 it's it's something like that. I'm going to be kicking myself later, but it's it's so so funny because it's it's almost like all like Cronenberg jokes uh, these uh, in these uh, in this in this short format. Yeah, and then you see like John Waters walking around the corner. Oh sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, when I
0: got there the first time. Uh, I it was in line to see this film, and John Waters was right in front of me. And then no, at, <laughs> yeah, and then afterwards, other Baltimore's other son Barry uh, Levinson, Levinson was oh in the yeah, because he showed his a film, and so I the same like night I I got to talk to both John Waters and Barry uh, Levinson. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, but Barry Levinson has done my podcast, John Waters. I love Barry
1: Levinson. He he, he gave it. He 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 took a look at our, our one of our early cuts, and he oh, uh, he, wow. he gave us some some pointers. Really? He was like super helpful. Yeah, oh, I mean we because we love cause movies like uh, Diner. Oh, of course, well, and it's, uh, a it's got men a ten. I loved it. Michael and I were just talking about Ten Men yeah, the other day yeah. about uh, about uh, uh, Michael.
3: Uh, um. Yeah, it's it's so it's so hopeful in the end. I mm-hmm. love that movie. It's mm. like, they get they get fired. And it's the best thing they could possibly. Have them. <laughs> what to the movie ends that
1: way? Richard Dreyfuss and Danny DeVito.
0: Yeah, oh, it's a. I haven't seen that in ages. That's but so, I remember it's so funny. Seeing, I remember seeing it when it came out. But Diner too, I go back. I'm
1: oh yeah, I mean it's got it. All, it also kind of messes with uh, expectations too. I mean it. It, it, yeah. it does. It does fit like a classical structure. And because it, 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 all the um, all the arcs are introduced in the first scene, and it kind of like it follows through with all of them, but it has this kind of feeling, mm-hmm. this kind of ennui in the in the whole thing that we like we were like super inspired by, mm-hmm. and it's also like uh it's kind of, it's also a like super uh, like uh, Baltimore is such, like such a character in it too. A, oh, a lot absolutely. of our a lot of our crew we bought down from Baltimore too. A lot of them were shooting um, House of Cards, and they just came right off that, and all slept on our, our couches in DC.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right, they shot it there. My ex wife was in. Uh... One episode oh yeah? she, or two. She Would was she supposed play? to be in an arc. And it was, she was in the same... I think she was picked up in the same car as Caitlin, it's coincidentally. That that they were both picked up in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. brought to Baltimore. Was Caitlyn in, in, in... House of Cards?
1: Oh, House of Cards. I thought you were saying House... The Wire. Sorry. Oh, no. That makes more sense. I that totally that... Mis- misheard you. Oh, got they it. Shot, oh, cool.
0: They shot House of Cards in Baltimore. Yeah, they did. But it takes place in Washington, D.C. Yeah, D. C. because of the—I'm the, the, assuming there's
1: a—it's a tax credit. I don't—yeah, that's I a mean, D.C. has a tiny one, but, like, not, uh, it, not, nothing for
0: the movies our size. I see. I see. Anyway, that was it. But I, I knew her, uh, Caitlin, uh, since Green, as I mentioned. But, um, yeah. And uh, go ahead. Were you going to say something, Michael? Good ear. Yeah. I uh, think <laughs> the tax credit
3: is actually—it's improved in D.C., we we were, oh. we shot on too low budget to take advantage of it. Yeah, but um,
1: I see. Has it?
3: It is. There there are interesting. This is the second movie I've made in DC, and, mm-hmm. and there there is a DC quality that was, you don't quite get in Baltimore. Um, obviously, you can sort of fake anywhere for anywhere. Like they do the Americans in Brooklyn, but it's supposed to be in DC. Gwanis, yeah, 80s. but there there's something kind of oddly mm-hmm. sort of sanitized and clean about DC, almost like a like a, like a George Lucas future film. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's a weird place, and I think that the Sort of that opaqueness kind of came out in this movie. Mm-hmm. Coming back from New York, these characters sort of see kind of a blandness in the landscape. I think it kind of reflects mm. their, their inner turmoil in a way that you wouldn't necessarily have if you were going back home to a more gritty city.
1: Our script supervisor said it's, there's something creepy about it. We never heard him describe our hometown. Everyone that was way. a little creeped out by it because yeah. very
3: few people um, coming from New York. We had a few DC crew, but it was mostly Baltimore or, or, or New York.
0: I was going to. I know. I just saw another film, and I, I don't know why I'm bringing it up because I'm mm. not going to remember that. I can't place exactly what it was, but I know that it was shot in DC, and I just saw it. Unless you guys can remember DC Noir, is that a th- the, the Exorcist?
1: The Exorcist? Was, that was in DC. No, but that that's a
0: great example of a, an iconic film that was shot in, and they shot it there, right? Georgetown, yeah, they did shoot the. Well, right? they shot they shot they, the indoor scenes in he, New York, right? Oh, they but, did, yeah, oh, okay, and and they that the house yeah it was not yeah that was, that, that was that, also that, kind of made i guess cuz i you remember that house the
1: house is really there The exorcist steps we used to just, have dares okay, if we could run up and down the stairs faster <laughs> <laughs> and not slip yeah they 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 they're very terrifying um but the dc film office was actually super helpful with us too they uh, they let us shoot at a uh, an abandoned uh, police headquarters in uh, michael was that in northeast what I think neighborhood it's is, it? is Benning road Benning yeah. road you know, so that was like super cool. We were, we weren't expecting to be able to get like a, 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 a an actual jail cell and stuff. So that was cool. Oh right, yeah. of course. No, like, they, 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 they really want movies to come down. Well, what would you have done if you couldn't have gotten a real one? If we couldn't got a real one, we probably would have just faked a room for for like a, for some kind of conf- like some kind of uh, inter- uh, most interrogation rooms don't actually have the bars; they just have like a door. I see. And uh, we never had a cop car. I mean, we uh, so right. we, we we just like faked it with lights. Uh, those you I see, saw the that. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. saw. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, oh, you saw through the movie magic. A little bit. I'm doing. I'm setting
0: up something similar. I'm making a short film, and I'm, you, you, you put enough time into figuring it out, and then you start looking at other films that went through that prism. You know, yeah. Like yeah, where they're doing the same, where they're stealing things and or angles, just making things. So, you know, yeah. I mean, a, a cop car can be very hard to get. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should think it, it would be. Well, again, the name of the film is called Lost Holiday. And um it's available on iTunes and Amazon Prime, so do yourself the favor and uh and and watch this watch watch it right after you hear <laughs> Thanks this, man. this, this episode. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of course. What what guys, guys are you are you on to your next project? Yeah. It sounds like it's been a while since you finished uh, Lost All I'm in
1: post production now for something I directed also with Kate. Um with oh. uh with Jay Duplass in the lead. And with who? Uh, uh, J. Duplass. J. Duplass.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sure. He's done the show too.
1: He's great. Yeah. Uh, we, we, it's. Uh,
0: and I worked with Kate he again. Will do that as an actor. He will. You know, he he really seems to enjoy working with different filmmakers. And yeah, I mean, he likes he liked the our split with Mark. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't, right. I don't know anything about I'm that. Um, with no, a... another brother, set of brothers. That's true.
1: Yeah. Um, with uh he he liked Lost Holiday, and uh, oh, we, yeah. I, I sent him a script for this goofy horror film uh, that we shot on uh, Nantucket Island in the middle of the winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, had Kate Keith showed up for uh, for a minute mm-hmm. um, with also with a uh, um, uh, Thomas J. Ryan from, uh, from oh. uh, the How Hartley movies. I uh, love. I, he's I, I love... done my show. He has. Oh, yeah. he's, oh it's a great episode. He's and like my, my hero. And Hal and
0: has him. done the show like five times. Oh yeah. You have to go back and look in the. I, haven't seen,
1: I haven't seen that one. No, Thomas J. Ryan. He he's, he he's, he watched, he watched he uh, watched Last Holiday when we when I sent him I sent him the script to show that we could actually make a movie, mm-hmm. and he uh, he got back to me. He said, oh, "I'm so impressed with how little little interest you have in being liked as an actor." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, th- thanks. Yeah, I never thought about it that way <laughs> to play a completely morally unattractive person. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. I love <laughs>
0: uh... Michael, did I tell you that story? No, it's hilarious. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's terrific. I'd bring him on back on in a heartbeat.
1: He's doing he's doing a West Side Story on Broadway right now. He's playing the cop. Oh, he's Krupke? Like the, uh, not not Krupke. Oh. No, oh. He's, it's the guy who's like, who is kind of like the Prince character in the Romeo and Juliet. He's the guy who shows up at the end. He's kind of the moral authority, who's like, "What are you people doing here? How could this? How oh. could you let this happen?" But he's also is that,
3: is that the Jack Klugman character who played him in the original
1: movie? I I don't remember.
0: I don't Jack remember Cluckman But he's doing he its, was uh, in Ivan Van
1: Hove directed it It's the same guy Who directed that uh, that, that awesome production Of Room, uh, View from the Bridge mm-hmm. um, And uh, Tom uh, Tom Was in that too He played the uh, uncle In
0: that I see Yeah I saw him but He's a, on Broadway right now I saw him on two I didn't know that I I should go see it Because I saw him in a, I've seen him In a couple of plays He invited me to one I was like comped For one
1: play Did you see um, uh, uh, Measure for Measure At, uh, at Theater did. for a New Audience I thought he was well, great In that He I played Angelo
0: Wait a minute, I saw, I don't remember anymore, I saw him at two things, at two small theater companies, that's all. The always. Temperamentals, that was... He uh, must do a lot, Jeez, he's always doing theater. He does a lot, yeah. yeah. yeah he used to, he
1: used to, I used to see him in D.C. all the time, too, at, oh. the, at the Shakespeare Theater. Okay. He came down, I, when, I think it was right after I saw Book of Life, mm-hmm. the, the Hal Hartley movie, he did um, Had a Gabbler with mm-hmm. uh, sure. with the actress from, oh my God, um, from from Transparent, what's her name? Um, oh. Oh. Judith Light. Judith Light. Oh yeah.
0: my gosh! Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I think seeing that movie. It's funny. I just read something. Some guy was like, "I want to become a filmmaker." When I saw some movie, uh, like Henry Fool. No. Yeah. Seeing seeing those Hal Hartley movies, we used to race to like the video store every time <laughs> one of those would come out. I think something about the way that they seemed like they were made almost in DC, like Long Island is kind of suburban. We grew up yeah. in a sort of suburbanish environment. Yeah,
0: that's right. And,
3: and, the, and the way that those the actors seemed to be aware that they were in a
0: movie—you can quite <laughs> put your finger on
3: it—but you felt like you were inside the process of the movie being made as it as it was being you know shown to you on your PHS. I think that it, it's not that like we thought like oh we could go do that ourselves, but it, it just seemed like so much fun. And then yeah, and then that movie, and then he made Book of Life, which kind of subverted like the. I think they shot that on tape. Feature. it was like fifty minutes or something. And I, I think those kinds of things kind of give you like a glimpse of, you know, how enjoyable it can be to, you know, as Thomas was saying, be an unlikable
1: actor. He's um <laughs> he's about to finish his Kickstarter. He's raising yeah, right. three hundred thousand uh, dollars three hundred
0: thousand for his new movie. I was about to mention, and he's like about to hit the goal. How Hartley? It's amazing because uh yeah he every other Kickstarter he's come on so I guess he figures he doesn't need me for this one. <laughs> there's a lot of me licking my own <laughs> wounds here. Obviously, it's all about me. Uh, and then your character also kind of reminds me in in Lost Holiday a little bit of of, of a Wit Stillman. Speaking of Hal Hartley era, oh, sure. Whit Stillman's maybe
1: incredibly incredibly alienating and, uh, almost almost an aristocrat. Like right, uh, um, yeah, your character specifically yeah.
0: has, has kind of a preppy look and an outlook. preppy and, douchebag.
1: Yeah, um, preppy like, douchebag. Almost like I also heard comparisons to the character in. Uh, um, uh, with Nail and I, mm-hmm. of somebody who's kind of uh, uh, <laughs> overeducated and drunk and uh, and 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 completely divorced from from reality, um, but, Morality. and morality, yeah, uh, no, uh, we, no, most. Michael and I were definitely inspired by like people by by uh, by Witt Stillman's movies or by uh, Noah Baumbach's early stuff, like Kicking and Screaming. Sure,
0: sure. All great, yeah, yeah, <laughs> great stuff. It's fun, fun looking back at these things. So at first, see Lost Holiday, and then go see some of these other referenced titles that we're talking <laughs> about. The banding about it between among us. Well, it was great meeting you guys. Is there did we leave, leave anything out or? No, no. I'm so, so glad. I'm, okay,
1: It's so well, nice to be here. I mean, I've been listening uh, uh, after listening to your podcast. It's so it's well, it's, it's so it's so soothing, and <laughs> uh, and also talking about things that I'm interested in uh, in listening to people talk about.
0: Yeah, no, it's this cool. is... It's cool. A, it's a, it's it's, a it's I know. Cool this podcast. Is, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: glad that you it. reached out to have us here.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad too. And we'll, the door uh, will definitely come around again. The door is open. We'll do this again when you guys have this next project. I don't know if this, is, uh, this yours, is something I directed. Your, um, you directed. Michael
1: just wrote an awesome new script too okay. um, for a, for a uh, screwball comedy that um, that uh, we're, we're going to start uh, developing. And we're also uh, talking about making a um, uh, monster movie too. Uh-huh. So Michael and I are going to keep on working together, which is like, which is, uh... For better or for worse. Oh, I know it's, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's, it fills me with hope. <laughs> I as well.
0: Thank you. Good. I, I, I That's drag the appropriate that out him, answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and myself too. <laughs> I hope you guys, <laughs> you No, know, I hope you guys continue to collaborate and, uh, come back on either together, separately, or what have you, or Thanks with so some other pair of brothers. at uh we can bring some other brothers on. We can have
1: yeah. three sets of brothers. <laughs> that, it's an interesting idea.
0: You know, one Safdie, once one Matthews, one you know, I'm sure that the the, the
1: the alphas and the betas would all just kind of like group together or something. <laughs>
0: interesting. So you'd have to be kind of careful how you curate that. And then one Darden, You know, you just get one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens when one, like uh, in the case of the, the what's the Italian brothers? They're one one of them just. Source of a T. Yes, that's correct. Tavi- Tav- Taviani's. These are these are people are now? Well, they're very uh venerable. These guys oh, are they've been around. I don't, I don't they made some classic Italian films from way back in the oh, I'm not 60s sure. and Michael 70s. Might know. No, I just yeah. he just said it, Taviani brothers. Oh. And so one of them passed away in the last year. Oh. Uh, so I don't know what happens to the other guy. Do do you have to retire at that point? Again, call in if you have some answers for it <laughs> We're curious we've never explored these, these issues before But clearly it's, <laughs> it's time to put an end to this particular episode Thank you again For Thanks, coming man. on the podcast And thank you, Michael here. Thank you
1: Whoa, whoa Let's go faster Let's go faster right. oh. We're going to go on an adventure if you want to join Look at that Awesome
0: is a nice place for
4: a girl like you to stay on new years i will shoot your face <laughs> jesus goodness I'm sorry
0: okay lost holiday available on various streaming platforms uh, amazon prime apple tv uh, very easy to find here also same deal available on amazon prime or apple tv The Ghost Who Walks, directed by Cody Stokes, who's coming up right now. The movie also stars Garland Scott, Frank Mosley, and Alexia Rasmussen. The Ghost Who Walks is the feature directorial debut of Cody Stokes. It's a crime thriller about an imprisoned man who rats out his former boss for one last chance to reunite his family and becomes the father he never was. Cody describes his film as Carlito's Way meets... It's a Wonderful Life. That's just screwed up, man. Here he is, Cody Stokes, here on Phil Banks radio.
3: What do I look like? I'm a businessman. People got to get a hold of me.
1: All right, let me get your number. What for? In case I need to get a hold of you. Man. They're not out
0: today. He's created a real problem. <laughs> Why did you come back here i'm trying to get my family back you're gonna help or not
2: what family you ain't got no family you have a little girl she's
0: beautiful you and that girl are only people in this world i care
2: about Amy doesn't know who you are let me tell her if
0: the wrong people find you with my number they're gonna know that i was helping you out i mean you're my friend and all but don't think i'm gonna get myself killed in your account
2: if I was you, kid, I'd run like hell. Run till you. forget your own name
4: and nobody and can find you no more. Christmas.
2: You're coward, Pops. Those always your problem. Hi, Cody. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having oh, me. Very good. You have two young children, don't you? I do. I have a, a six-year-old and a four-year-old currently
0: oh that's a handful so wait so now you're a filmmaker obviously and you and 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 the kid's mom what does she do
2: she's uh currently a landscape designer
0: oh okay so does she work like consistently five days a week or does she work per like a higher uh, particular gigs or she work for a company where she has to show up regardless and
2: no it's it's a it's a a relatively new gig um for the past six years um she's Mm -hmm. she's been you know um running the ship on all fronts and her and i have just been collaborators in life so to speak in terms of uh just holding down a household and careers right. yeah, and all that mean, right so yeah um, that's
0: I, I was getting a, to have two kids it's a lot and maybe you know i mean it used to be you could probably on a, on a, a fairly middle class budget you could hire a babysitter and and it's just harder and harder to do things like that mm-hmm. uh, for a significant amount of time anyway you know
2: yeah it was you know it was one of those things she was working uh when we were in New York uh when we first moved up there she was an equity stage actress and and I was you know in the business just trying to do anything I could to make money and I think it was one of those things where she was losing she just wasn't i don't think she was being um fulfilled she wasn't enjoying her craft anymore so she's like, you know I don't mm-hmm. want to do this for money I want to do this because I love it. So she transitioned and started working as a chef when we were up in New York. And then when our oldest was born uh in New York, Harper, it was it was um you know, we kind of had one of those conversations of okay, do how badly do you want to keep working as a chef cuz literally that entire salary is, you know, more or less going to go to child care. So if that was something she had felt extremely strongly about, of course we would have done that. Um but, kind of collectively, we decided, well, we can still indulge and cook wonderful meals at home let's let's um you know let's see if we can make this work with just one of us working and 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 we did for a while, and now the kids are old enough that it's you know she she's yes. able to to go back and explore yeah. new things, so it's great
0: before you mentioned uh how when you were in New York, you were doing whatever you needed to do, different types of gigs, and I know of course one of them was you shot films and edited films for Nathan Silver.
2: Yeah, yeah, Nathan and I or go with. way back. He's a good friend.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think we, you and I may have met on a Nathan Silver set. Th-
2: that's very likely. I'm trying to think of, you know I'm how Nathan... I'm thinking of
0: certain terms.
2: <laughs> were, you on, were you in the party scene? I was. Oh, my God. Then we definitely have met. Yeah, of course. It's uh, funny. And... I Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. you. No, you're not. Uh, I, was, well, I was saying, so Nathan, Nathan and I actually met in Paris, which sounds much more fancy than it was. Um, he and I had both gotten into a film school in Paris, and I can't even remember, I think it was a, a car, or I think it was, I, I don't remember, but I was I was really interested in, in continuing, going to get a master's, I don't, I don't know why, I just thought that that's what... After yeah. I got my bachelor's, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this. And, of course, well, I, I want to go to of Paris. the option of teaching. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, okay. I don't know that I was that forward-thinking. I just thought I wanted to go to Europe and make films in Europe. Right. And, and at the time, I got in, but I couldn't afford it. So I deferred for a year. And in the meantime, I went, and I was working on a, on a film in Rwanda. And so I set up a visit on my way back and they said, "Oh, okay. Well, you can come visit and I, you know, I had no money. I said, "Is there any way can you put me in touch with a student? Is there any is there anyone I could maybe stay with?" And they said, "Well, there's one other American at the school." And it was Nathan. And they said, mm-hmm. "So, we'll put you in touch with him." It turns out, I mean, they were just they were kind of crazy. There there was multiple Americans there. Um but but anyway, I got put in touch with Nathan and <laughs> you know, I, I was put upon him, got to sleep on his floor when I was visiting the school. And, uh, you know, we just kind of stayed in touch and hit it off, you know, then. And a number of years, you know, I came back, did some other things, and I ended up moving to New York and we reconnected then. And it was right around the time uh, he had he had shot a film called Exit Elena. and Yeah, sure. And they were just having some... You know, I don't remember the exact circumstance, but the point is, he's like, Hey, could you maybe look at this and just give me some notes? Let's talk about the edit. And that turned into me editing that film. And, and yeah, that's we, what he
0: does. That's his uh, method. That's his MO. Yeah. <laughs> he asks, he'll get some editor or somebody who with relatively, you know, basic red, uh, ed- editing skills and ask them if they could just give him some notes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I, I was hooked, three right? Three months later. Uh, yeah. No, I think we we really connected in a way that was. Not obvious to a lot of people, but was very obvious mm-hmm. to us. I mean Nathan and I, if you put put us on paper next to each other, couldn't be more different um, not only just background and stylistically uh, but it, it, it those two things when coming together, especially at that time in our lives, really i think worked to both of our advantages and it was a really it was a really fun time i mean it's uh that that time has passed you know we're both doing our own separate things, and yeah and cuz there's only so much you can do for no money <laughs> and, and survive and then um especially when kids so so my oldest Harper when we shot uncertain terms she had just been born and uh you know as you know you've been on Nathan sets they 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 result in interesting and beautiful things but they're chaotic um by nature by by design and uh yes. they can kind of take a lot out of you and so you're doing that and at the time his films were still very Improv heavy, and so yeah. it was like shooting uh, a documentary. And then I was, of course, I was cutting them as well. So I, I was mm-hmm. just living in these films with Nathan. And but I remember we were shooting for uncertain terms. We shot at his parents' house up in upstate a little bit. And she, my daughter Harper, was so little that there was a couple days where I just wore her in a, like a baby carrier while I was shooting the film. It was it was a That's, great memory. Wow. I remember there's a scene of the film with you know, a guy digging a hole and for some reason her little baby self just couldn't, she just couldn't stop laughing. So the whole set kind of, you know, uh, devolved into just everyone laughing with this little baby. It was, it was a really fun experience. And so, you know, yeah, Nathan in a way kind of by invite or by wrangling or roping or coursing me into his world brought me into, you know, that circle of independent, filmmakers in new york I'm not not saying that i'm part of that but it kind of opened that world up to me and uh and so i'll always be really thankful and and have fond memories from that time
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think uh, it ended up being uh just uh in the end my my contribution was being um the audio on the radio as the car at the very beginning the car po- yeah. you know, the guy who's like doing the the guy who does the work on the grounds and the totally you know, yeah who's you know who ends up, I guess, getting involved with, uh, which character was it, Hannah? I don't remember which one, but India, anyway. yeah. So, yeah, so. Uh, it's but a small anyway. world. Well, it was on the radio. Yeah, yeah, he just used a part of the podcast and that, that he did with me, I think. <laughs> no, he, that's so, and that's
2: very Nathan, too, right? Like, I, I remember, you know, other films have clips from his earlier films in them. It's very <laughs> very meta in that way, I guess.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but I just was thinking that as I was going over some of your your filmography, I was like, oh, wait a minute. We probably – and then I looked at your photo saying, you know, he does look kind of familiar. I bet we met – and there was like a couple of other social occasions where, you know, around that. I think after the film maybe there was – I was invited to something. Uh, I don't remember. But I came to like the, the – maybe there was a party or, a you know, everybody was out. And I think I was there. Uh, I just vaguely remember that.
2: Yeah. 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 And it was um, a while but, ago now too. Oh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good five years. Yeah. And of course, he's graced the podcast at least, f- I'm thinking, four, four or five times over the years. Um, but we're here to talk about a different film. Sure, sure. <laughs> How many features have you made now?
2: Oh, the, so this question. is my first feature.
0: It is your first it, feature. Correct.
2: Wow. Yeah, so it's my first feature. I Before this... You know, outside of working on a lot of films in different capacities as a cinematographer or an editor, um, as a director, I had made five short films. Um, right, I see. All to, you know, virtually no acclaim at all, um, which thankfully, you know, if you're a real filmmaker, it doesn't stop you. You just kind of keep going. But
0: uh, Well, yeah, I mean, also shorts are kind of you're working out all your kinks and you're you're kind of figuring things out i mean they don't really have a a very thorough life cycle in general i mean beyond festivals it's kind of hard to get your short film out there so 90 percent of shorts are you know inconsequential in that regard
2: yeah for me it was you know outside of just telling stories and you know hopefully improving with each one it thankfully was able to um at least provide an avenue to kind of where I am today in terms of just how to how to feed myself and my family while I do this work and and do it yeah. within the business. So they were they were they were kind of helpful for me to leverage into the commercial work I do. Um but but as you said, like they they were not anything that was successful from a you know festival standpoint or anything like that. So, you know, it it was a not not that that's exclusively what you need to make a feature, but I, you know, in some ways, it just took a little longer to get to, I to here.
0: I see. I uh, see. In other words, if you had a big award-winning short film uh, that was at like Sundance or you know some major market festival, or Toronto or something like that, you, you're saying it would have been a lot easier to to make The Ghost Who Walks, uh, or it would have had more momentum uh, anyway.
2: Yeah, maybe is probably the key word there, right? I mean, it's it's hard. To, you never know. I don't. I don't, don't want to make it seem like oh, you get to Sundance, you get whatever you want, because we all know that's not true. I mean, like everyone making films, big or small, has to work so incredibly hard to get that made. And I remember what's funny is I remember being you know much younger, and you and I think a lot of young filmmakers do have that that mentality, that illusion of like oh, if I could just get this, yes. oh, if I could just show here, blah blah blah, and. You know so for me, it's a really big deal to want to tell those people that's not the case what What it takes is that that relentless grind to keep just working um yes, so
0: and there are, we should remind people there are people that have gotten Oscars who disappeared off the face of the planet you know
2: yeah, I mean it's not to get too deep, but it's all temporary anyway, right like you're all, if you're ever at the top of the pile, the pile shifts, and you're only there for a short while so it's it's really about finding. You know, and and again, not to to jump back and and keep continue talking about earlier work, but I think that that's something I always really admired in my work with Nathan. Um, he is someone who will just relentlessly move forward with his projects, good, bad, or ugly. Um, and I agree.
0: And I have another friend, owner, who's like that. You know, owner, yeah,
2: so. yeah, of course, yeah. And I and I admire that about those guys. And and. Um, I don't think I do that in the same way, just because the nature of the films that I'm making are slightly different. But uh, so I think it's just kind of a, an expanded timeline for me. But I'm working the whole time, um, and and yeah, I'm just moving forward. You know, we finish this one and on to the next one, kind of thing. And okay. in, in, in between, I'm doing uh, commercial work, which uh, I'm not comparing the two. But but what it does do is it keeps me on set. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me. Um,
0: I mean, what do you want to be doing sitting home and worrying or, you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, what are the what it's really the alternative. I mean, yeah, I, of course, you have to work and it feels good to work. There's no no excuses. I mean, for goodness sake.
2: Yeah. Well, I remember too. like the other the, the interesting thing about being a director, a filmmaker is it's the one one of the few arts where there's very little opportunity to practice. To practice your craft in, a, in the in the fullest sense, and a major part of directing is you know being on set, being a collaborator, being with all these people, and that's a really hard thing to just do. It's very cost prohibitive. It's very time prohibitive. So, uh, you know, one of the positive things that I find I've gleaned from my commercial careers is an opportunity to be doing that a lot. Your, your directors are oftentimes one of the least experienced people on set. Doesn't mean they're not smart. Doesn't mean they don't have a vision. Don't know what they want. But just like how to get things done, how to craft something, they're the ones that takes them so many years and you know some stuffy basement of writing and thinking and storyboarding that they're not there all the time. And I really enjoy that part of it um, from a commercial standpoint. And I was able. I, I really think you know this film took me longer to make than I had originally hoped. But I think those years in between really gave me a lot to be able to pull the film off in the way. The way we did,
0: yeah. But also, there's a big difference when you're you're writing. Like you co-wrote uh, the screenplay for the Ghost Who Walks, right, with Barry Bost, Ben Bostic, rather. Yeah, Ben Bostic. Yeah, who, ben who, Bostic, funny right, enough,
2: so- is connected back to that school in Paris as well
0: funny enough so he was one of these americans that they didn't even know was there yeah
2: the secret americans yes <laughs> the secret americans but but when you've
0: written it i mean that's one thing i mean you could be doing i guess is is also writing during these uh, you know so i mean as a director it's, you can't be directing unless you're on the set of a film i mean or in the pre-production you, there's certainly a lot of work but let's say when the production ends and you don't have another one to jump right on you could be writing new I mean that also takes a lot of uh, discipline and uh, creative effort to you know on a constant basis to to write a new script or write write just just keep writing working on projects.
2: Correct, and that's something I do. Uh, I try to write every day for a portion of that. Obviously, when I'm in production, it's a little slightly more right. challenging. Just you know you know how that goes. Um, but yeah, it's certainly something I do, and and I think for me, well. Look, I don't, I don't... Writing's not easy, even for great writers, I don't think. I think writing is a very hard thing to do. Um, and it just... You know, that's why all the great writers have quotes about, you know... To write, you just sit on... You know, sit in the chair and bleed, or things like that. And I think that, you know... Th- th- there's a challenge, and so I don't want to make that sound easy. But I... I try to do that every day, and I always joke that if I was a better writer, I would just write novels, and I wouldn't make movies. But I'm not. I I, I think very visually, so... The writing is a, if I want to be in this business, it's something that I see as a must-have, must, must have, mm-hmm. a, an ability and a focus, mm-hmm. but um, certainly takes me a lot of effort, and that's packed in those days as well.
0: All right. Well, again, we mentioned, I think I mentioned before, the name of the film is called The Ghost Who Walks. I know you had a, a premiere, at least your Brooklyn or New York premieres at the Bushwick Film Festival recently. Yeah. And uh, I do apologize that I wasn't uh, there, but... Uh, that, i do my be- I do my best. <laughs> no, that's time. okay. <laughs> I no, love it, was, to to it was a great
2: screening. I mean, the, I, that was a really great fest to be a part of um and of course it was lovely cuz the screening sold out and yeah we went on to win It was the opening night film. Right? Yeah, it was a real honor to be there. And and um to get to go uh, that that festival in particular really stood out to me because it really was about the community coming out to watch the films and and i think mm-hmm. as someone i of course Love a lot of different types of films, and I love some pretty obscure stuff that I think, you know, people like you or I might be into. But I, but maybe the workaday average Joe who's not a cinephile or you know, it might be a little less accessible. And to be able to show it at a, a festival that definitely cares about that type of filmmaking, but is also making sure they're really involving their community and people that may not. um Understand or appreciate or be interested in film on that level was kind of a real privilege for me because of that's kind of more the the background I come from is people who of course love watching movies are entertained by movies but might not be, um, kind of in in the world of a cinephile or or someone who knows a lot about films um or the different kinds so they're they're more looking for how can I have experienced these very um you know powerful emotional exciting stories, but in an entertaining and fun way. And so to get, to get to show The Ghost Who Walks to an audience like that, like that, that mixture of an audience was a lot of fun. And just to get to watch the reactions w- was a real, real pleasure. And that was kind of what hmm. I wanted to do with the film. I mean, I think, you know, the, the film is definitely something where I was trying to make something entertaining and accessible. And then within that, within, um, you know, it's a genre of film. It's this crime thriller or, and it, it – well, or it definitely starts that way and I wanted to kind of open this film up and have things that were very, very familiar so that anybody who just happens upon it is like, oh, I know what this is. I'm kind of – I feel comfortable watching it because I, I can predict where this is going. I can have fun while doing it and then slowly just course correct throughout so that it gets a little further and further and further from what the, you know, the well-trodden path might be. Um, and then hopefully leave an audience with something to think about at the end.
0: Well, it does that. It's, and yeah, like you say, it starts off as a genre. I kind of like these uh, genre films, which also really emphasize character as well. You know, I mean, you, you're, you're a lead actor who is... Uh, yeah,
2: Garland Scott.
0: Garland, yeah, he's terrific. And he's definitely, there's he, he, he's got a lot of, he's working with a lot of subtext here, you know.
2: Yeah, and so, you know, it was one of those things where when writing the script... You know, if this had been a real, like, like a much more traditional Hollywood movie, there would have been a lot of backstory and explanation and all these things that, of course, I thought about. So you don't
0: have to work. So you don't have to work so hard. Yeah, yeah. As you an know, audience, as an audience member.
2: Yeah, like, and and while I can respect that for some degree, that's not what this movie was. And and I I love when I love thinking about characters and films as if you've just met them on the street. They evolve to you. Um, in, in time. And so all you need to know is the circumstances under which you meet them. And then you're constantly piecing it together. So the fact that this guy has gotten out of prison by giving up information on somebody else, you don't really mm-hmm. need to know more than that. We know enough about these types of stories to understand, okay, that means right. he's in trouble. And right. that's, it, that's all I needed people to know. Now, of course, Garland and I, we, we had a, you know, we had a much more in depth knowledge of all that stuff. Cause Cause that's what we wanted to do to just kind of work through the character, but but in terms of the story, it's just like no, this is a real time piece. It's, it's happening over forty eight hours. Let's just go with him and follow him, and let that stuff go. Um, and so that that's something we we chose to do. But yeah, that subtext was very much. I mean, he really brought it there. Even even his first audition tape that he sent in uh it was actually kind of funny because he his agent at the time hadn't got him the script they just got him the sides for the scenes and he but he performed them so well and later on when i was when i finally met with him and was talking to him i brought that up i said you really understood the script he goes oh i haven't read the script okay
0: because explain what explain to listeners what sides are
2: yeah i'm sorry so uh yeah when someone auditions for a part um You know, there's obviously a bunch of scenes in the film, and our film Garland is in every single scene. But So you pick a handful of scenes, maybe two to three or four scenes that the actors will audition with. They'll read through them, and and that's how you get a sense of, okay, do I really – do I want to have this person in for a callback? Do I want to work with them more? And so the scenes tend to be – they're they're not connected in any way. They're kind of all over the film. They give you a different sense of maybe there's one dramatic scene, there's a funny scene, there's just different tones. You want to see an actor's range, and so they can be very, um, well, they can be very confusing or or unclear if you don't have the context for the script. But in his in his read, he he just seemed to understand it so deeply. That when he told me he hadn't he hadn't been given the scripted, I was just pretty dumbfounded because it just meant he he inherited this person. He he had put so much of his own thought and inference into it that when we talked, it was just like, well, you then you're definitely the guy. I mean, you're already so deeply into this, and I'm already so right. captivated by you that uh-huh. that there wasn't a lot of question in my mind at all. You know, he, and, and as a matter of fact, he was the very first tape we saw.
0: Wow that doesn't happen too often i get guess, i'm guessing
2: uh not no it doesn't you know and we, and we definitely we saw a lot of very good people um but there was something about him that just i mean it haunted me in a way he just really stuck with me i couldn't shake it and as a matter of fact so he's based out of la and i was like well i need to fly out there and meet him uh because i'm very mm-hmm. much a I, I'm very yeah. much a person who, who wants to connect with the people I collaborate with. Of course. So there's obviously yes. talent. You need someone to be talented. You want you want to know they have a skill in whatever that is. But, but I also want to know that we're simpatico, that we really are bringing a similar work ethic and kind of mentality to set. And so I flew out to L.A. supposedly to do a callback. And Garland and I sat down and ended up talking and we talked for several hours, never did the callback. And I was just like, all right, you have the part. Because we, we were just so in sync as people um, right. about what this character and what this, the story overall needed to be.
0: That's terrific. Sounds like a really positive experience. And then also, your second uh, lead character is played by Frank Mosley, mm-hmm. who was instrumental in putting the two of us together. Thank you, Frank, who's listening, I know. <laughs> so it was nice to see him in a real substantial and meaty role where he can really use uh, his chops.
2: Yeah, I mean, so Frank – I mean, Frank, beyond being a great collaborator, a great actor, a great filmmaker in his own right, of course, um, is just a great friend. So I I actually wrote this part for Frank um, after meeting him years ago. And and Frank and I met through another filmmaker we're friends with by the name of Blake Eckerd. And uh, we – you it was kind of one of those things where like, you guys need to meet. You'll hit it off. And of course that was true. But I don't think anyone doesn't hit it off with Frank. So – uh, thankfully, he likes. You know, he hit it off with me as well. But yeah, all these years ago, when I first started thinking about this, I, I Frank is just such a powerful actor, and he's he's such a great presence to to have on set, on screen, and to work with. That I knew that I wanted to I wanted to put him in a film that I was working on, and I also knew that I wanted to give him something that was, you know a a small treasure, maybe like something that would be really, really fun for him. That would really showcase his skills in a way that I hadn't seen other filmmakers do. I mean, I honestly believe Frank Musley can play any part he was given. Um, Lincoln, he can, <laughs> Frank would be a great Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, I, I he's just one of the. He has so much range, and he's so committed to it. You know, yes, um, yes. there's some actors who are great actors, but they're great actors for a certain thing. And Mm -hmm. and those are essential too. But but Frank is kind of a, you know he he's in the working class of actor like that. These great right, um, right, he's he's, yeah he's someone who can come in and be a lead, be a character actor, be a supporter, and he gives every one of those things the entirety of his emotional commitment, his his talent on screen. And so like, for me when I first thought of this part, I just thought, well, I want to write this for Frank, and I also I mean we 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 share a sense of humor too. So it was fun to write thinking about Frank performing these things. And, and he, he also came on the, he's a producer on the film as well. I mean, Frank is, is one of the great connectors of people in our, in our industry. So it was not just great to work with him as a you know, director actor relationship, but it was also just made perfect sense to have him help bring the film together alongside us. Uh, when I say us at myself and my producer, Dan Gardner, um and and he did he brought uh Alexia Rasmussen to the to the table to read for Lena or not read but like say hey we should talk to her and she's someone who again going back to the new york new york scene i kind of yeah, you know peripherally know I, I i didn't we didn't know each other very well but we had known of each other and mm-hmm. i you know whether i was naive or whatever i i just thought like well there's no way in hell she'd be interested in doing this uh, but Frank's like he had just done a film with her in China, um, and I'm of course drawing a blank on the name. I feel bad about that. But so they had they had wrapped production on this film, and he's like, I mentioned Ghost to her, and she'd be interested in reading the script, and so we kind of went from there. And I I don't know, like you know, all these uh, on the other end of it all, I look back and I cannot picture anybody else in these roles, and but a lot of those people were brought about by Frank, so. He had a, he had a firm hand in helping bring this world to life.
0: Yeah, well, Alexia is also somebody who uh, has done this podcast, so and one of the loveliest people I know. Yeah. You know, so it's great that that you had such a. It seems like a really um, friendly set. For I, I don't know. Maybe they were went. Maybe they were, they went for each other's necks. I don't know.
2: No, it, it, there was zero percent drama on any of this, which is how I want my sets to be. I don't. You know, filmmaking is its one of those things that people like to pretend is really important. And we take it seriously. We care about the work. We work um, endless hours. We, we put a lot of ourselves in it. But at the end of the day, you know, no one's living and dying by this. So it should be an enjoyable experience. It should be something that, that people are taking away as a positive part of their lives. Um, and I think that that makes them want to to go that extra mile to work longer to work harder to put their best selves forward and whatever that may be from a PA to a producer to an actor to a stylist and and that's a really important thing to me because I want people there's a film is is many different things and to an audience it's the thing you experience when everything's done but to the filmmakers there's so many versions of of this that I want to make sure that experience that the people involved with the film have from the very first time I send a script to notes to people like a co-writer or something all the way through sitting in a theater and experiencing it, every step of the way to me should be something that can be enjoyed um by the people present at that time uh, again, not to say it's not a lot of hard work but I, but I think it's it's hard work that is you know because i don't know why we do this to ourselves, but it's something we do and we love and we can't do it any other way
0: mm-hmm What's, what's, what's the, um, I guess, what's coming up, if anything, at the moment?
2: The film is actually getting released, so it's currently available for pre-sales on iTunes. And mm-hmm. then um, and then on Christmas Eve, it will be for sale on any um, transactional platform, VOD and streaming.
0: So treat yourself to a, a, a nice gift. <laughs> Correct, by, yeah. Uh, by streaming uh, The Ghost Walks with Garland, Scott, Frank Mosley, and Alexi Rasmussen. And directed by uh, Cody Stokes. Yes, sir. I know you've got something probably percolating. So, but when you, when it does, uh, when you can talk about it, when there's uh, something new out, let's let's definitely do this again. I would uh, love maybe to. Maybe we'll even be able to. Maybe we'll be able to do it in person the next time too, <laughs> which would be nice. <laughs> yeah. But through I, the through the miracle of of technology, it will sound more or less like we're sitting together. So.
2: Yeah. No, no one will know any different. Except the yeah, dog. There you go. And yeah. th- what's your dog's name? The, oh, the dog's name's Shug. Shug. Yeah.
0: As in Sh- Shug Knight.
2: No, every, you know what's funny? Everyone thinks that, but it's not. It's uh, Shug Avery, the color purple.
0: Ah, very yeah. good. No, I, I forgot about that character.
2: Yeah. Um, Shug Knight is <laughs> very different, but <laughs> it interesting It would be an odd character. way
0: to... Odd, yeah, it's an odd... would be an, <laughs> an odd choice for if that was your reference. Um... <laughs> Well, I'm glad we were able to pull this off.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for making the time work. I appreciate that. It's, it was. Oh, uh, it's my pleasure. It's been a fun conversation, and it's a real honor to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you, everybody. We have coming up on the next episode a conversation with Sally Bugs himself. Louis me fine actor, plays the role of Sally Bugs in The Irishman. What the fuck is this? What? It's wet.
3: Yeah, I had a frozen fish I had to deliver for a friend of mine.
0: A fish? The seed is wet from a fish? Yeah, I know. What do you want me to do about it now? Jesus right, surprised. No, no, no. It's oh, all right. You sit in the front. I'll sit there.
2: I'll sit here. You take the phone. No, no. I'll sit there.
0: Sally Bugs on the next episode of the podcast. Also coming up, author Sam Wasson with his new book. It's called The Big Goodbye about the making of Chinatown. The book's coming out momentarily. Any day now. If It, uh, yeah, it could be out. I should have checked. But anyway, he'll be on shortly. And much more, much, much more coming up here on Film Wax Radio. So stick around. Keep subscribing, and keep listening. These are crazy times, but I'm here for you, as you are for me. Take care of yourselves, and the ones you love. Until next time.
3: Broken lines, broken strings.